All right, so I think Greg got the uh, gum out of his mouth. I think we both cleared our throats. I think we're ready to go. It is the uh, Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, Dick Cattles, episode brought to you by FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Before we get into the palace intrigue, the drama, the storylines, let's start quickly. We're not going to talk about the game because nobody cares about that game. But I did want to ask you, Greg, your thoughts on the end on Sunday, the Belichick walking off the field, the Belichick press conference, just everything that you saw play out once the game was over. By the way, I I watched the I haven't watched the offensive film yet, but I started watching the defensive film and I was just like, this is pointless. Should I even watch this? Because yeah. it, it wasn't so much the game and the performance. It's just like when it comes to it. Like in my evaluation and season long evaluation, should this game count as much as the others from a weather perspective? I mean, like if somebody does really well in this game or really bad, like it could skew sort of their grade. And that's what I do after the season. You know, I grade the team. I grade the, the players, um, you know, projecting into next year. Should they keep them? Should they not keep them? I decided to, to watch it. But man, I got to say it was a rough watch. Um, but just in general, um the scene on Monday, the possibility that it could be Belichick's last game as Patriots coach. Um, my comment basically is it sucked. I mean, it sucked all the way around. Like it just, you know, I know I know some people will say it was fitting for Belichick the way that it ended. And, you know, he's got the mask on and, you know, <laughs> weather game and uh, sort of like karma or any of that stuff. Like, I just didn't think that was right. I didn't think any of it from the. You know, the snowstorm made it a ridiculous game. Um, you know, the, the crowd, there wasn't much of a crowd there. Like if it was a decent weather day, I think the, the I think the place would have been packed. And, you know, with like five minutes left or whatever, when Brees Hall, uh, you know, scored that touchdown to basically end the game. You know, I think there would have been some Belichick chants and, you know, you know, thank you, Bill, something like that. And, you know, instead, there was none of that. There were like, I don't know, by the end of the game, it was like it looked like one of the Eastern Mass Super Bowls in Gillette Stadium. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's got his mask on. He goes out there. He just walks down the steps. No, you know, salute to the crowd. I know we talked about, you know, what we had in mind for the finale. You know, I got to tell you the truth. I mean, thinking about it over the last couple of weeks, like, you know, it would have been nice, ideally, it would have been nice that if the crafts are indeed moving on from Bill, and we'll we'll get into that in a second. If they were indeed moving on from Bill, it would have been nice if the two sides came together and maybe sort of leaked it out together that, you know, this is going to be Bill's last game. And then we would have had an outpouring of support. You know, maybe the maybe the players carry Bill, you know, they beat the Jets instead of what happened on Sunday. Maybe some of the players carry Bill off the field. Like, I know, I'm a big softy. Uh, especially I'm a big romantic when it comes to Bill Belichick. I know guilty as charged, but I, I just, <laughs> I wanted something different. I, what, what happened on Sunday? It just sucked. Like it was, it, there was no joy in Mudville. It was a sad, pathetic ending. And it really doesn't sit well with me that that could be the last time that we see Bill Belichick uh, coaching the Patriots and, and, you know, those are going to be lasting images. I mean, I know we have the Super Bowls and we have other things and we got the Apple Dynasty thing coming out that, you know, the trailer just dropped for it. 
Um, but, you know, say Bill goes on to coach someplace else. It's going to be sort of like Brady. Like, I, in time, we'll remember all the good things. But for now, with Brady, you sort of remember how it ended here, him winning in a Bucks uniform, and it sort of gives you indigestion. Um, I, I assume that's the way it is for Patriots fan. And I think if this is the way it ended for Bill, this is what you're going to remember for a long time until we get after he, they're done going into the hall of fame. Maybe that's when you start to remember all the good times, but it, it just stunk. Sunday was just not, it was, it was not a good time for anybody. No, there was certainly no uh, Rudy moment for Belichick or anything nope. like that. And you've got to imagine, like, if you're looking at this, you're Robert Kraft. When you were drawing this up in your mind, when you were visualizing it, everybody knows what the plan is, I think, by now. Like, hey, 2024, you get through that year. Belichick breaks Shula's record. It's a perfect transition to Mayo. This thing could not have exploded in the face of Kraft any more than it did. And I could just imagine him sitting there as the Jets are doing snow angels at the end of Belichick's last game as the Patriots head coach and just thinking, what the hell? This is not what I had in mind. All right, let's uh, let's look forward, though, because this is what everybody's talking about. Uh, there's yep. so many things that are going to happen here over the next couple of months. I mean, between the coaching decision, free agency, the draft. But we start with the meetings, Greg. They continue to go on. What do you know about how this is being put together and how long these meetings might go? Well, you know, I'll just, you know, readily admit um, – a lot of this is a blind spot for me. I think it's a blind spot for a lot of people because it's really a party of three and nobody really knows. Talking to hold people on, in the building. On. Hold on, Greg. We've got breaking news in the NFL. Mike Vrabel was just fired by the Tennessee Titans. Wow. This is uh, Adam Schefter just moments ago. He says Titans fired head coach Mike Vrabel per sources. Vrabel led Tennessee to four consecutive winning seasons after arriving in 2018. The Titans have experienced back-to-back -back frustrating seasons, finishing multiple games under 500 both times. So uh, Tennessee just fired Mike Vrabel. There is a new prospective head coach on the market that is not going to cost you a draft pick, Greg Bedard. Uh, that is fascinating. And, um, if I am the crafts, um, this would accelerate my timeline. One of the things that I was going to bring up was what if the crafts are sort of biding their time to figure out what happens with uh, Mike Vrabel? And I know there were reports in Tennessee yesterday that Vrabel was basically going to go into ownership and demand at least somebody to be put in, in charge of football operations because Mike really just wants the coach. And like we talked about, the shotgun marriage with Rand Carthon was not going to work. It was not. I mean, you know, when did I bring this up? Uh, like six weeks ago. And uh, of course, I got pillared in Nashville saying that I was racist and other things. But, you know, this is very real. And, um, you know, if they are moving on from Belichick, I, I if I'm the crafts, I don't know how Mike Vrabel is not the number one possibility for me. And I know the, you know, I hear from people on Twitter, like, you know, he's, he's the same as Belichick. Look at his record the past two years. You know, look at his record over the last four years. Look at the personnel on that team. Look at the quarterback. I mean, he didn't have all you have to say, you know, when it comes to Vrabel, he didn't have personnel control. 
Bill did. How can you compare Vrabel to Belichick? And and here's what I would say about people who are are worried about him as a defensive head coach. First of all, I think he is I think he is the new version of Belichick and as far as a game coach. If you like Bill the game coach, I think Vrabel's even better right now on top of his game. But as far as offense, if his and I agree and I'm I'm one of these people that um that has been adamant about this over the years. If you get a defensive coach, you're inheriting problems with their offensive coordinator having success and leaving, and now you have to start over again. That's part of what happened with Vrabel in Tennessee. He had Matt LaFleur his first year, went to Green Bay. Then he had Arthur Smith. He went to Atlanta. Now Arthur Smith is open. But if you bring if you bring Mike Vrabel in here, and you know there are three candidates for offensive coordinator who probably aren't going anywhere anytime soon, Bill O'Brien, who Vrabel worked under in Houston, Arthur Smith, who's now free after Atlanta, uh, and Josh McDaniels. Yep. And so, you know, you're I would say you're you at least have five years with one of those guys, if not all of those guys, if if you're Mike Vrabel, who who, you know, knows all of these guys. So to me, uh, I think I think Vrabel is going to be a hot commodity if I'm the Patriots. You know, now he's he's not one of these guys who's under contract who they can't talk to until January 22nd. You could talk to Mike Vrabel right now. Now you can't hire him until January 22nd when you 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 can begin to hold the two mandatory minority interviews mandated by the Rooney Rule. But you can get your ducks in a line, and I'll be interested to see if this increases the timeline a little bit for the crafts. Diana Rossini with the latest, uh, and I should say that Rossini swinging a miss on this one. Uh, yep. let's, let's give Greg Bedard a lot of credit here, and this is not to blow a smoke up his skirt, but it is to give him some credit. Uh, the man did write a month, month and a half ago that Vrabel was unhappy, that this was a possibility of Vrabel getting out of Tennessee, not necessarily getting fired, but getting out of Tennessee. Uh, I mentioned it on the pod on that day that Rossini was pushing, pushing this idea that, no, the Titans are happy. The Titans are happy with Vrabel. Well, Rossini uh, shifting gears here a little bit. She posts on X slash Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. The Tennessee Titans have fired head coach Mike Vrabel just six weeks ago. Owner Amy Adams Strunk had plans for Vrabel to be part of the organization. We now know where Rossini got her news from. Uh, for years to come, believing they had a top NFL coach. Recently, ownership changed its mind. So you thought you had a top NFL head coach six weeks ago. All of a sudden, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened in the final month and a half that would wipe away everything that Vrabel had done. Okay. Jordan Schultz tweets out, Vrabel to the Patriots watches on. Greg, I, I'm going to yeah. throw, throw this out there right now because this is something I mentioned on my podcast and the cattle show today. And I'm not – look, I think it's very unlikely that a trade would happen. However, we know how these things work. I found it very telling and fascinating that on the same day we had the most declarative statement – and this was from Rossini, so take it for what it's worth, because now I think we do look at it and say, okay, you know, she's been right on a lot of things, but she got this one, you know, she might have been wrong on this one. But saying, hey, look, the Falcons interested in Belichick. 
If Belichick's no longer with New England, they're interested in Belichick. On the same day, I think like less than an hour later, Jordan Schultz comes out. Mike Vrabel's interested in the Patriots. You and I know this without getting into detail. Let's just do this rapid fire quickly. Is it true or not true, Greg, that a lot of these things that come out from insiders like you, from beat writers, this stuff has been talked about for probably days, if not weeks, before it happens, correct? Correct. Okay. Bill Belichick's advisor, and I give Jay Stu a lot of credit on this one. Bill Belichick's advisor, no longer really agent, but advisor is Neil Cornrich, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Mike Vrabel's agent for a long, long time, Neil Cornrich, correct? Correct. Okay. So let's put the pieces together here, folks. Belichick and Kraft are having these meetings about his future. Story comes out. Hey, look, Atlanta is very interested in Bill Belichick, and they just happened to fire their head coach, who, by the way, was the offensive coordinator for Mike Vrabel before Vrabel, before he left Tennessee to go to Atlanta. And then we have Vrabel. Oh, he's interested in New England. I don't know if you have it. You obviously have some ties with Vrabel because you were ahead on this. I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable spot. But am I crazy to think that Neil Cornrich is out there playing some games and trying to align these stars to get his guy, Mike Vrabel, where he wants to go and possibly the guy he advises, Bill Belichick, in a spot that would be good for Bill B.? Uh, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I would not move you off that. I said this on the podcast today. I I don't know if it's going to be a trade, but people are talking about the idea of leverage, Greg. And some are saying that, and by the way, Ian Rappaport is jumping into this saying, fair to say, keep an eye on new England and what's next for Bill Belichick regarding Vrabel. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's a scenario for you, and this is why I don't buy that Kraft has zero leverage. And I'm not telling you that Bill's going to get traded or he's going to get fired. He's going just, to just talking leverage here. What if Robert Kraft, who has a relationship, pretty good relationship with Arthur Blank for several reasons, going back to 2002, mm-hmm. is it possible Neil Cornrich, middleman, Kraft knows that Arthur Blank, his buddy, wants Bill? Couldn't Kraft go to Bill and say, hey, look, I don't mind having you as head coach in 2024, but I'm not going to give you a long-term extension. And you open the door on Monday saying that you're willing to collaborate on personnel. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hire somebody from the outside. And guess what? They're going to directly report to me. And if there's any question about personnel, I'm going to have the final say. And you're going to be a lame duck head coach with – your personnel power getting stripped slowly from you at the age of 72 or Bill or Arthur wants you down in Atlanta and Arthur's willing to pay you four years, 25 million a pop to run the entire organization like you've done here. But the only way that you're going to be able to go to Atlanta is if you say yes to this and I could work out a deal with Arthur blank. I don't think that's a crazy scenario. I think it's unlikely, but I don't think it's a crazy scenario. Right. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's unlikely. I think, you know, we're looking at a situation here and I think Bill, you know, set the tone in his press conference. Well, quote unquote, press conference on Monday 
which was just a joke, by the way. Um, virtual season-ending press conference for 13 minutes with no follow-ups. Um, I don't know if that's been done in the history of the NFL. Most <laughs> of those things are in person. They're at least a half an hour. Uh, if not, I've been in some that have been 45 minutes to an hour. It's sort of like, hey, all right, it's over before the offseason. Like, this is this is what you get. And instead, we got that the other day. Um, which, again, if you're the Crafts and you want your, your team back um, – that wouldn't have moved them off that. So anyways, but him coming out and stating <laughs> without even being prompted about I'm under contract, um, you know, Bill was uh, setting the terms both for the crafts and for other teams. And, and, and I've been in this place for a while. The people that I talked to last week, I wrote a column for Sunday morning about sort of, uh, you know, what the situation was between Belichick and the crafts and, and how he might, might approach things. Um, this is either a firing or he's here. It's like that. I, I don't see a scenario where he's traded, but you know, I'm not going to rule it out. All right. Let, let, let me ask you this. You kind of mentioned this quickly about the, the offensive coordinator. Obviously this, this news of Mike Vrabel getting fired in Tennessee swings, what we're going to talk about here <laughs> with the breaking news. And this is the stuff that I love, but let me ask you this. Vrabel found, found a strong. Vrabel brings in LaFleur, works out. LaFleur is gone. Then he brings in Arthur yep. Smith. Arthur Smith does a good enough job to get a hire down at Atlanta. So it, it's rather obvious to me that Vrabel does a pretty good job of it's either him or his agent or whoever identifying offensive minds. If he wants to, if he wants to keep this thing in, in, in the Patriots world, let's say, because I know that, you know, you've talked about Josh McDaniels an awful lot here. Would Josh McDaniels rather stay here in New England and run the entire offense hypothetically for Mike Vrabel, or would he stay loyal with Bill Belichick and go with Belichick if Belichick goes somewhere else? That is a great question, Nick. Um, I think, I think if I'm Josh, um, I would be conflicted. I think he'd near he'd need to hear the selling points on both teams. I mean, there's certainly pluses and minuses on each side. Um, if he has designs on being a head coach again, and I know a lot of people listening to this are scoffing at it. And you'd be like, he was a disaster twice. He's not going to have, okay, fine. You know, whatever you think, but he's still a young man and he could have a third act depending on how you view the second act. I think there's a lot of people around the league who think that Mark Davis is just completely dysfunctional and that will come out and it'll make Josh look a little bit better. But anyways, be that as it may. Um, as far as if, if, if he has designs on being a head coach again, I think his best chance, it might be his only chance, would be, for example, to go with Bill Belichick to Atlanta. He gets to run the offensive side. He gets to pick the quarterback, whoever they get in the draft, whatever they do. Um, it's his baby. And I also brought up this example with, say, Bill goes to the Chargers. So let's use that as a better example. Bill goes to the Chargers. Josh has the chance to 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 uh, to coach Justin Herbert. Let's say Bill Bill does a great job with an older roster, already a quarterback in place. They win a Super Bowl. Justin Herbert is a perennial MVP under Josh McDaniels. Bill Belichick decides it's time to hang it up in however many years, three to five years. If you're the Spanos family, 
and you have a quarterback who's on top of his game, probably loves his offensive coordinator, what he's done, he's gone to another level. Who's your next head coach if Bill retires? Mm. It'd be pretty strong odds that it would be Josh McDaniels. I mean, it just it just would. I mean, but I'm not saying that's ironclad. They could bring in somebody else who just you know, leaves offense to Josh and they make it worth his while, that sort of thing. But if if you're Josh McDaniels, you want to have a head head coaching opportunity again, going with Bill Belichick and being in place to succeed him at some point in time might be your best shot. You know, staying here under, say, a Mike Vrabel, uh, Vrabel could be here for, for multiple years. Are you really, is, is McDaniels really going to get another chance coming sort of the same scenario as he did coming from New England to the Broncos, to the Raiders? I would say the chances are a lot less. So I think that would be at play for Josh McDaniels. All right. Who do you trust more? And if this puts you in an uncomfortable situation, you don't have to answer because I know that you, you have a relationship with both of these guys. And I'm not saying that, you know, the relationship slants your coverage. You just have a relationship with both Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniel. You're, you're Mike Vrabel. Let's say Mike Vrabel is the next head coach of the Patriots. Hypothetical. We're having some fun here. Mike Vrabel, mm-hmm. the new head coach of the Patriots. Who do you trust more with a top three quarterback? McDaniels or O'Brien? So, um, well, you know, like you said, I have relationships with both of these guys. I think the world of both of them, both as coaches and and human beings. So, you know, this this is tough for me. But, you know, just judging it and, and putting aside, if I'm Mike Vrabel, any personal relationships I might have, you know, again, remember, Bill O'Brien brought Mike Vrabel to the NFL, I think. I think he had been at Ohio State or no, at, well, whatever. He worked under Bill O'Brien yes. in Houston. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what the dynamic is there. Uh, would would he feel indebted to Bill? But, you know, t- tossing all of that outside. And I do think I would be fine with either of these guys, um, especially when you look at what Bill O'Brien did with Deshaun Watson, uh, basically adapting the Patriots offense to Deshaun Watson to play the best ball that he's ever played in his career. Uh, that he, So Bill O'Brien certainly has a strong case. But at the end of the day, it's very close for me. But I would go with Josh McDaniels. I think he just has a better track record. Look what he did with Mac Jones most recently uh, when the offense was, you know, almost borderline top 10, um, you know, scored a lot of points. Just look at the Patriots offense in 2021 with a rookie quarterback and a bunch of new free agents. I would say he rebuilt that thing pretty good on the fly. So I would lean ever so slightly to Josh McDaniels, but I love Bill O'Brien as well. Would you trust, if you're Robert Kraft, would you trust Mike Vrabel in the position to turn this thing around offensively? Do, do you trust him with the young quarterback, with having to overhaul that offensive side of the roster? If Vrabel is at the top of the list, and look, my opinion, I think Mike Vrabel's your next head coach of the Patriots if Belichick's gone. Strictly opinion. I, I, think, this, I think this has been – I think this has been – in the works for weeks. That's my personal opinion. Um, it certainly looks that way. So, and by the way, Amy Strunk uh, statement on Vrabel as the NFL continues to innovate and evolve. I believe the team's best positioned for sustained success will be those who empower an aligned and collaborative team across all football functions. I E Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon don't get along too well. 
Rand, hmm. my, Rand wasn't Vrabel's guy. Vrabel wasn't Rand's guy. I believe Greg Vidar told you that six or seven weeks ago. Back to the question, though. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Would you entrust? Because, you know, we're going to talk about the offense here for a long time, the next few months. Would you trust a defensive guy to do it right? I would need to. I definitely would need to hear his plan for offense. Um, and and I, that would be one of the first questions I asked. Look, we ran into this with Bill. You run in with this around the league with defensive head coaches now. Um, they lose their offensive coordinator. Look at what happened when you look what happened to Mac Jones most recently. Look what happened to Mac Jones when he lost his offensive coordinator and he went through three play callers in three years. Look at where he is. He's broken. And that's going to happen to just about any quarterback uh, outside of the occasional unicorn. Look at what has happened to Josh Allen in Buffalo after Brian Dayball got the Giants head coach. I mean, he's been good. Is he as good as he was at that time? No, I don't think so. Not even close. So I, I would need to hear a plan from Mike on that. I understand the concerns about a defensive head coach. I have that. I just think that Mike Vrabel is so good in so many different ways that I'd be willing to overlook that, but I need to hear a plan. And I think the three people that I laid out, McDaniels, O'Brien, and Arthur Smith, those are guys, if you put in charge of the offense, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. All three of them have experience as a head coach and can sort of, you know, help you in that almost be assistant head coaches. um, Ideally, because McDaniels and O'Brien are good friends. If you could get, McDaniels and O'Brien to coexist as sort of co-offensive coordinators. To me, that's a that's a home run, at least for a while. But I, I think with those three candidates, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. So I would be okay with it. Is Rabel enough change for you? Because I, I know fans will say, what the hell? Here we go again. Before we get that answer, we do have to do some business. Quickly, Greg. If you can tell the fine people listening, watching this podcast about our friends at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use. I use it all the time. Love it. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best ways to find popular parlays. I love those parlays. That's the way to go. And more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas City under an agreement with Kansas City Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit cpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 
Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Is Vrabel enough change? Because people will push back and go, here we go again, staying in the family. You go from Belichick defensive mind to Vrabel defensive mind, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Because here's the reason. Number one, Mike Vrabel, I don't think, is going to ask for Belichickian level total control, autonomy, you know, evil empire type stuff. Like, you know, Vrabel is going to be like, I want to coach. Uh, I want to. I want to be the CEO. I'm going to have a good defensive coordinator. Our defense is always good. I'll have a lot of input on that side of the ball. I have an offensive coordinator. He gets offense. You know, you know what he wants. Bring in whoever you want as GM. I get to sign off. I want to make sure I work with this person. But I certainly have Ryan Cowden for I think that's his name or Cowdron in Tennessee. As I know somebody that that Vrabel thinks very highly of. Uh, he comes in. He runs personnel he can report to you if he wants you know i'm open to whatever so yeah that is you know you get you get a new voice new vision as far as personnel you get new voice new vision new staffing across the board especially on offense hell yeah that's enough change for me that is change that is positive i think it would be a home run now again let me reiterate something that i wrote a couple weeks ago vrabel head coach Gerard Mayo, D.C., maybe even slash assistant head coach, Josh McDaniels, offense, Billy O'Brien, whatever, to me is in plus whoever they pick as personnel. And who, who knows? Rabel might have a, a, you know, there might be some hot shot who's who has a close relationship with and they come in as personnel. To me, that is a way forward and progressive for the New England Patriots. How tough of a decision, if it is a tough decision, is this for Kraft if he's looking at Mayo versus Belichick versus Vrabel? Now, it depends on where he is with um, with Belichick. And, uh, I, you know, let's just – so Vrabel changes things, I think, a little bit. I do think going in, talking to people around all sides of this, going in, and I wrote this for Sunday morning over at BSJ – I think Kraft is still very conflicted. Uh, I think that I th- I put it at about 33% chance that Belichick was going to remain in power. I don't think Bill really wants to go anywhere with what he's paid, his power, Nantucket. He's been here. It's a comfortable life. He's older. I don't like change. You know, I'm 20 years younger than him. You know, what 71-year-old wants to wants to move and and learn all sorts of new things. Um, So I think that, I think that Belichick is going to make some sort of um, offer that includes uh, McDaniels personnel, stuff like that. All right, fine. You want this here? Here's what I propose. I don't think it changes a whole lot of things, but uh, to me, Mayo is not a consideration. I mean, if, if if it comes down to Vrabel's number one for me, then Belichick, and then Mayo. I just don't think Mayo's ready. Um, I would love to see him leave and come back at some point in time, like a Vrabel is doing right now. Who knows? Maybe Vrabel flames out in five years. But to me, 
if the goal should be for because uh, talking to people, they think that Robert Kraft is conflicted because he knows he has to win next year. Like if Bill goes someplace else and does like a Brady, like they're really good. If the Patri- Patriots can't be in rebuild mode at four and 13, while Tom's won a Super Bowl first year after leaving, Bill's in the playoffs first year after leaving, Kraft's going to look horrible. And I think that's part of that has been the calculation for Kraft and that he's willing to hear Belichick out. But to me, with Vrabel on the market, not having to give anything up for him, you know, to me, that is the clear number one choice if I'm the Crafts. Uh, before I go with my thought here, because I have a, an overriding thought on this, Diana Rossini says the Titans believed trading Vrabel was too complicated and would take too long per sources. Again, I think we can safely say those sources are ownership slash front office. Uh, they wanted to move on quickly. I was told Vrabel never asked ownership for a trade or asked out of Tennessee. Well, you don't have to ask directly if you make it obvious that you're unhappy. That's what I would say. Um, there's a way to passive aggressively get your ass out of town. Um, all right, let's get back to Vrabel here. Here's what I would say, Greg. I feel strongly about this. Mike Vrabel now being a free agent makes it a thousand times easier for Robert Kraft to move on from Bill Belichick. Number mm-hmm. one, you've got the ties in New England. Number two, Mike Vrabel's going to get paid by Tennessee. Number three, you look at having to replace Belichick. I would want the guy who's been proven that he can win football games and run a program instead of hiring a Ben Johnson, who's been great in Detroit, but you have no idea. Promoting Mayo, who has been great in his role here, but you have no idea. This gives Robert Kraft, I think, a parachute to jump out the plane and feel much better about jumping out of that plane. So say that again. Sorry, I've been just caught up in some news again. Oh, some news again. What do we got? Well, no, it's just uh, I'm looking at fallout from the variable stuff. So sorry. Oh, okay. You're doing work. I got you're on your phone. You're just going on here. All right. So my point is Vrabel now being out there makes it a thousand times easier for Kraft to make a move because he's got the ties in New England. He is a proven head coach that has won at a high level up until the last year or two when that roster aged out and the quarterback situation was complete crap. And number three, he's going to get paid by Tennessee. And I don't think Vrabel's going to walk in and say, hey, give me 20 million, Robert. So just the relationship, Greg, A, would you agree with that? And B, if you could give people a better idea as to how relationships truly matter when it comes to this kind of stuff that we're witnessing play out. Yeah, well, I'll answer the, uh, the last thing first. I mean, look, I think it's huge, especially when you're the, look, the Patriots. The reason I think Gerard Mayo was such a candidate for this for the Patriots was because the crafts are not going to turn over the franchise to somebody that they don't know. Now they might've done that with Pete Carroll. Um, and that didn't go well. Belichick, they had a previous relationship. They knew, um, Vrabel basically fits, uh, basically everything that Belichick was when, when they, they traded for Belichick in terms of he had been here as a player, he had experience as a defensive coordinator and as a head coach 
And I think the crafts are not going to turn over the family business to an outsider, somebody that they don't really know and just hope they're not going to turn themselves into the dolphins or the jets. That's just not how they do things. And I think they look at, I think they look at the, the Steelers and uh, that family and their ownership about how they've had three head coaches. You know, this would be the crafts third and hopefully Mike Vrabel is here for another 20, 30 years or something like that. I think that would appeal to them. Um, but I, I I agree with you that Vrabel not having to trade for Vrabel certainly makes it more palatable to me if I'm the crafts, even though I didn't have any qualms. I have no qualms about trading a pick, like a say next year's first round pick or a couple, a second and third. I have no issues and and talking to more people around the league especially failed gms i've heard dimitrov say this i've heard randy mueller who i covered with the dolphins um i've heard him say this both of them said if i could go back and do it all over again i would have traded for a head coach i just because that ends up undoing you and so uh i think i think that i think that this would uh, appeal to the crafts now that they don't have to give up anything for Vrabel they can deal with not giving up anything or not getting anything returned for Belichick if if Belichick you had to if Belichick just you fired him and then you had to trade for Vrabel maybe that would have looked worse but now that's completely freed up so Bill can leave on his own Vrabel can come in on his own and to me I think that that would be a home run in the eyes of the crafts Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. How much time we got left? I'm asking you live here because I don't. You, I know you got Felger Maz, right? Probably about five to seven minutes. Okay, we're gonna squeeze as much as we can in here. All right. Okay. Power play. I know you just said, oh, you know, Vrabel can kind of pitch, or this could be a whole new beginning, and he can have his guy come. Any concerns if if Kraft is willing to pull the trigger on Belichick and move on to Vrabel? Any concerns about Vrabel pulling a power play here? and being difficult when it comes to putting together the front office, or you think Vrabel will be like, here's my list of guys. I'm cool with any of them. Yeah. The latter, uh, you know, I think, I think Vrabel really just, you know, wants to coach and game plan and coach, you know, on Sundays and um, everywhere he's been, he's been very amenable. Now, you know, I'm sure we're going to hear things about how he's abrasive and things like that, but I just saw Derek Henry just had like some ridiculous quote about him. I heard uh, Taylor Lewan. Um, now of podcast fame, uh, he talked on Kay Adams about, you know, how good Mike Vrabel is and, and how he should be the most sought after coach. And, and um, you know, I, I just think that I, I think that Vrabel would be, um, you know, the way to go for the Patriots. And I think he'd be open to anything. I think this is if to me, you know, the crafts want their franchise back. You know, it, it, it it's basically Bill Belichick and they wanted more openness and is Bill really going to do that? That's the whole discussion with the crafts. Okay, Bill's agreeing to a GM and changes, but is he really going to do it? 
Probably not at the end of the day. Right. But Mike Vrabel coming in would be agreeable to any everything and, you know, would actually, you know, give press conferences and, you know, things like that. Like, to me, I just think that it would it would be the best of all worlds for the crafts. Yeah, I just feel like I, I don't want to speak for the fans because, you know, fan the way you want to fan. Yeah. But I, I just feel like this would be more palatable for a lot of Patriots fans than a lot of the other options we've been talking about. To look at Vrabel, they know him. Again, you can look at track record and say, this guy has been Bill Barnwell's you know, posting. He thinks Vrabel's one of the top six coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult to come up with any negative regarding Mike Vrabel. And I talked about it on my podcast, the Nick Cattle Show. Check us out. Uh, going back several weeks ago, you know, the idea of Vrabel. I think it's very difficult to throw negatives or shade at Vrabel in a possible hiring. The, the pros far outweigh, far outweigh the cons, I think, with Mike Vrabel. Did Robert Kraft play this perfect? I'm not telling you he intentionally did it, but right, it could be just pure happenstance. Because the meetings continue to drag and this stuff continues to like take a while, Tennessee just said, well, we didn't want to take it too long. We just wanted to you know, cut the cord. Did Kraft kind of... Again, I don't want to say it was intentional, but if it was intentional, geez, was this a stroke of brilliance that he waited out Tennessee knowing that they would pull the trigger before he pulled the trigger on Belichick? To the point that I look, I, I'm just going to float this out there, and I have no knowledge of it. But um, you know, and maybe they just want to move on. But I do think that there's a chance. Okay, like say you're say you're Amy Adams Trunk, and Mike Vrabel went to. This is similar to when uh, Jack Easterby came back for the ring ceremony with Nick Casario, and there were tampering charges. So Vrabel comes here for the Hall of Fame. He says all these nice things, including we at the podium yep. about like how we need to play better in the second half. <laughs> He's in the box talking to craft the whole time. All of a sudden he, and, and let's just say there were a lot of discussions behind the scenes from Vrabel's perspective about what was going on in Tennessee. Um, or at least I've heard, you know, some rumblings about that. I don't know exactly what was said, um, but you put all that together and now, Vrabel, quote unquote, sort of force maybe forces his way out of Tennessee. Could you see? Tam- I could see tampering charges leveled against the Patriots. Mm. Um, you know, similar to the Patriots put tampering charges, then later withdrew them against the Texans about Nick Casario. Um, so, you know, but I do think, I do think that um, I think this is ideal. That you know, maybe the maybe the Crafts were looking at this, and especially the season that they're having when Vrabel was here. I don't know what the record was at the time, but that they could see this going in this direction and sort of, uh, you know, just said something like, hey, you know, if you're looking for, you know, just keep it in mind down the road. OK, wink, nod. We'll get you out with this one because you got to go. Obviously, the entire planned conversation changed and I love it because this is what we're here for. Um, Bill Belichick. Is he gone, Greg? And if he's gone, when do you think it happens? Uh I don't think it's 100%. Um, maybe with the Vrabel news, my percentage goes from 33 to 18%. Um, I do think there are discussions. I would think, and they de- it's definitely not going to be done today now with the Vrabel news. That would look bad. Yeah. Uh, I would say 
Thursday or Friday. I think Bill is moving on. I do think Atlanta is the best place for him. It dawned on me when I was on Felger and Maz last week. People don't understand. That place is out in the middle of nowhere. Flowery Branch. It's a great compound. They even have like apartments behind the practice field for the players and the coaches like during training camp. It's awesome. Bill will love it. Uh, I, I think he. I think at the end of all this, Bill is gone sometime at the end of this week. Bill will be the Falcons head coach next season, and Mike Vrabel will be the Patriots head coach next season. Man, oh man, is this offseason going to be fun? It is going to be bananas. couple things. Check us out over at BSJ. 50 bucks for the year. Bedard and Giardi, you know what the deal is there. Also, this episode brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Blah. Have fun, Greg, <laughs> in your next stop. We'll uh, catch up with all of you later this week. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattle.